Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We always enjoy talking to our friend Mike Claiborne of ClaibsOnline.com. Of course, you can hear him on Cardinal broadcasts every day. Redbird's taking on the White Sox right now, and Claves is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Always good to hear your voice, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Good. Hey, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Michelle and I just had a conversation about the consternation in Chicago surrounding Tony La Russa, and he, he is a guy that he's a lightning rod. He, he was a lightning rod here. But it is amazing how you can have a team that's as good as the White Sox are, even with the injuries they have, and Tony's still taking a lot of grief up there. Well, he wasn't a hand-picked guy. If you go back, when that rumor started to float, you couldn't find three writers who thought it was a good idea, and they thought they needed to go younger, they thought they needed to go with somebody flashier, and they didn't understand him because they knew him as the, the Antichrist when he was with the Cardinals. They thought he was too old. And they had every reason on not to include him in the conversation. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately for them, the owner didn't care about what they said. And, you know, they're going to fight him tooth and nail. And, and you know what, Randy, and you were around, when Tony got to St. Louis, he kind of felt a little pushback yep. when he was here. And, you know, he kind of taught us a game differently than what we were accustomed to with Whitey Herzog and Red Shandies and people like that. So he had a little bit of an issue. Uh, but I think what Tony did was make sure that he surrounded himself with the pri- previous generations of, of Cardinal greats, whether it was Gibson or Brock or Red Shandings or George Kissel. And we all kind of said, yeah, okay, come on in. And it, it worked out. But I think in Chicago, they're going to they're gonna dig in a little bit more. They're going to find other things that they feel what, what makes him not one of their guys. And that's unfortunate. Clebs, I want to ask you about Mundo Sosa. He's been such a spark for this team since he's gotten some playing time. If those trends continue, what do you do if you're Mike Schilt when Paul DeYoung is healthy and ready to go? Well, you got to hope you can find some more American League games where DeYoung can be DH for you. I mean, I, I think that, you know, and I've been on this guy for the last couple of years in spring training, and I would just sit and watch him, and, you know, he's got good hands. He's really, he understands the game. You know, he's from Panama, and, you know, at last check, they turned out a couple of pretty good players, Rod Carew and Mariano Rivera. But he really understands the game, and if you talk to him about it, he's got a feel for it. So while he may be new to the major leagues, he's not not new to baseball itself and how the game is played fundamentally. Uh, And and what I like about him hitting-wise, you know, we see so many guys come up, and they want to pull everything. They want to pull the slider. They want to pull the changeup. Look how many balls he's hit up the middle or how many balls he's hit to right field. Uh, I mean, he's a very conscious hitter at the plate. And I just – I like a lot of things about him. And I think there will be a difficult decision to make because when he – when DeYoung comes back, he goes back to the bench. And, man, I just think the guy's better than wasting one pinch hit on every night. 
claims it's interesting that the Cardinals over the course of the last three years have been so patient and wanted to give Sosa opportunities, yet they wouldn't with the outfielders. What do you think the difference is with Sosa as opposed to Garcia and Rosarena? Well, that's a great question. I, I think one of the issues is, you know, Sosa played for Ali Marmol in the minors. And Ali had a more familiarity with him than he did with Garcia and Rosarena. And I think that Marmol was probably championing his cause a little bit more. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're getting a longer look at him. Now, you know, he, he was a guy that COVID devastated him mm-hmm. last year. I think he was the only guy on the 40 man that did not uh, play in a game because of COVID. And, and you know, he, he had to kind of get out of line and start all over again and throw in the fact that we don't have any other middle infielders that are ready. I mean, Delvin Perez is maybe a year away, perhaps two. And then after that, we're talking about a bunch of guys who may not ever get here. So he is your best hope within the organization right now. So I think they want to see what they have. And and because he's versatile, he can play three positions. And I would imagine if you threw him in the outfield late in the game, he could do all right there. But, you know, they're kind of trying to find a way to bridge the gap between guys who are developing compared to guys who are needed. And there's a big gap right now. Claims Harrison Bader last night diving for a ball, landed on the ball. He left the game with that right side rib injury. It doesn't sound like anything's that serious, but hopefully he's not out that long because the outfield certainly takes on a different shape when he's not there. Yeah, you know what, Michelle? Um, anytime they say, ah, we don't think he'll be out that long, the next thing you know, he's done for the year. You know, like <laughs> You're forearm, so right. tightness, <laughs> forearm tightness. Uh, just a little tweak here and there, and then the next thing you know, he he's going to the 60-day DL. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case for Harrison, but you're right. Uh, the outfield dynamic has a completely different look. Uh, Lane Thomas and Justin Williams are, are players who can play in the major leagues. Uh, can they help you more than what Harrison Bader can and Dylan Carlson can? Uh, no. Uh, but right now, let's just keep our fingers crossed. Carlson, you know, I, I think he... I think he can be a good center fielder. I, I just think he's got to have a little bit more comfort, comfort, confidence in playing there. I know he played a lot of it when growing up, so it's not a position that's unfamiliar to him. But I think sometimes with some guys, the hardest ball to catch as a center fielder is the one that's hit right to you, you know, on a line drive. And I think some guys still wrestle with that upper deck. You remember if you're in the minors, you only have like most ballparks or one deck ballparks, maybe two. Here you have three-deck ballparks, and sometimes it's harder to pick up the ball. And sometimes the wind can play games with you. And the way these guys hit baseballs today, even that eighth-place hitter has got the ability to pin you to the wall. So it's just a learning process he's got to go through. I think between Willie McGee and when Jim Edmonds was working with him, I think they're going to have him squared away. He is my least concern. And when it's all said and done, might be the best outfielder of all of them. I do wonder, Klaibs, if – DeYoung does come back, and we're talking about Sosa. Maybe Tommy Edmond gets more time in the outfield because you can move Sosa to second. You could play DeYoung at short, and whether it's Bader or O'Neill, whomever is missing time, and Lane Thomas, the the lack of effectiveness, same with uh, Justin Williams, maybe Edmond gets more time out there if DeYoung comes back. You know what? You have just helped me with my pregame show because I'm going to roll the question out to Manager Schilt. What is Sosa's best position? And if, and if he says, well, you know, he's okay at second, then I think you're on to something uh, because they've got to get more productivity. And, and I think at this situation, 
you got to ride the horse as long as a horse can run. And, you know, if a guy cools off, okay, we'll, we'll get somebody else in there, let him get himself squared away, and maybe run him back out there later. But, you know, as far as having that set lineup aside from Molina and Goldschmidt and Arenado and uh, Edmund and Carlson, I think everything else is up for grabs when it comes to the outfield and the rotation. Clib, speaking of horses, uh, Lance Lynn looked great last night. Sure would have been nice to see him wearing the birds on the bat. Well, do we have that kind of time to talk about that situation? <laughs> and, and, you know, he wanted to stay. You know, and I, I've stayed in touch with Lance over the years, and he really wanted to stay. Uh, but there was no real offer made, and, you know, he had to go elsewhere. And, and I think he really would have liked to have played for Mike Schilt. I, I think that was another issue because he knew Mike in the minors. Um, but I think that that was a guy he wanted to play. He and Mike Matheny weren't on the same page no. down the stretch. And and I'll tell you, uh, one moment when they were playing Colorado, who was the guy who owned uh, Lance Lynn? Uh, outfielder. And, I mean, he hit a ball in Colorado that maybe they found, you know, maybe two or three days later. <laughs> and so he kind of – he, he kind of – he stood there and profiled and kind of danced around the bases. And Lynn, after the game, said, yeah, I took note of it. So here we are the following week, and um, they're playing the same team. Uh, and he, this guy's leading off. So everybody thinks, okay, Lance, Lance will get it back. Lance will get it back. It was, it was told to me that someone told Lance, do not throw at this guy. And, okay, he didn't throw at him. And guess what? The guy had another double. I mean, I think he was like 14 for 16 against Lance, and his name escapes me. That was the beginning of the end of that relationship. That's disappointing. You know, so, yeah. But, but, I mean, you know, it's, you're going to have your moments with different people, different managers, different coaches. That comes with the territory. Uh, but you know what? He, he's, a, he's been a serviceable pitcher. Uh, he's a guy that gives you innings. He's always around the plate. And, you know, he looks like he's about to pass out because Lance put on a couple pounds since he left St. Louis, hey. but he's still tough. Um, he's a tough hombre. And I'll tell you this, uh, the White Sox, if, if they go far, and I think they will, he's going to be one of the major reasons why, even with the other good young arms they have in that organization. Uh, I'll be kind here. Big Lance is better than little Lance. You, you are so right. You remember <laughs> that year he came back mm -hmm. and – he was uh he was your size, Randy. He was spelt, okay. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he had he had no velocity, he had no command, and he just looked lost. And I guess he just said, "The hell with it. I'm going to go back to the beer and cheeseburgers." And uh, so what if I have to get another bigger pair of pants? I, I'm gonna be a better pitcher, and it's worked out for him. It really has. Hey, before we let you go, I, I just want to get your final take. And I know this is uh, it can be time consuming, but your your final take on the Blues of 2021. Well, I, I would say I would be disappointed, but I kind of thought this was that they who they were who they were. I, I thought this team lacked focus. Character is a little bit strong, but I, I never thought this team was on the same page. And I, and I really felt you had too many guys that felt like all they have to do is throw their sticks and gloves on the ice, and they're going to be okay. Now I know they had a lot of injuries, and and I get that a lot of teams had injuries, but the challenge and the disappointment was. You had so many young guys, so many players on this team who could have seized the opportunity to really have a role on this team, and they all they all kicked it. They all kicked it, along with the fact that the, the top six or eight forwards 
that you expected to show up just didn't. You know, you take Ryan O'Reilly out of that equation, and you couldn't find – and David Perron, I'll put him in this category as well. The rest of the, the alleged top six or eight forwards weren't there when they were counted on or when they were needed. And I thought that was a huge disappointment. I know Doug Armstrong's got some huge decisions to make. If there's a half a dozen guys who aren't back, that's okay by me because I think it might be time for a change. And, and we've seen Doug do this before. Uh, the year when everybody thought the sky was falling, when he didn't bring Backus back or Brian Elliott and, and a couple of other people, uh, everybody thought that we're going we're gonna to end up in the lottery next year. Well, it worked out well, and I think we may be in that position again where we may have to not necessarily overhaul it, but do a significant tweak. Yep. Hey, were you thinking of Gerardo Parra, by the way? That's him. That's him. Used to crush Lance. Used to. I don't know if you have his numbers in front of me. 500. Four, 14 for 28 against Lance. <laughs> I knew it, man. I knew he used to just own him. Yeah. And there was nothing Lance could do. I mean, if Lance was throwing golf balls, he'd hit it. Yeah, five I doubles, mean, was, three tip, triples, three homers. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and, and, and he would do it in St. Louis or in Colorado or wherever, but yeah, that was the guy. That All was right. the guy. Claves, always good to talk to you. And uh, what's coming up on ClavesOnline.com? Well, this week we're going to do a little NBA. The playoffs are going on. And I'm still a hockey fan, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Kevin Weeks about some of the other series, and there's some great series. Talk some NBA with uh, Brandon Knight of the Memphis Grizzlies. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll stay on this baseball thing. Uh, a lot of things going on. I think we, we need to start looking at who's going to be available because I think you're going to see some teams that are going to call timeout a lot sooner than they normally do, which means there are going to be some players out there. So we need to figure out what the price is actually going to be. And, of course, Rammer and Joe Roderick, they do their daily lineup. You know Randy like I do. Um, I mean, you know Rammer like I do, Randy. And there's no one who's more obsessed with a lineup than him. So if you haven't heard that segment, it would be all ears. Uh, you think you're sitting in the room with Tony Larusa if yep. you sat there and listen to Rammer. <laughs> He's the best. All right, Clay. Looking so- good, Michelle. I love you. I love the, the the photo. You did a great job for the magazine. I want to compliment you on that. I didn't have a chance to yet, but you did a great job and giving great answers. Well, thank you for having me, Clay. It was great. All right. You guys have a great rest of your week. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Looking for holiday gifts for less? Come to Ross and say yeah to making your dollar stretch on name brand toys clothes, and gifts. Get the gift of savings this holiday from Ross. Yes for less.